This is an ACB community call presented by American Council of the Blind. This Unmute Presents Community Call was hosted on Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Unmute. A couple things here right at the top. Wanted to remind everyone we're going to do everyone's first question first. Uh, we'll get through first hands if we have time we'll take second hands also be respectful make sure that you give the same respect to everyone else as you would want for your question all questions are equal also we wanted to remind everyone that one week from today next tuesday we're going to have script talk here as a special event and they're going to talk to us all about their technologies and how you can have your medications read to you the devices they use and all of that good stuff so definitely come and check that out and let everyone know if that's something that uh, you think people would want to hear about that if you want to reach out to us, you can do that by emailing us at feedback at unmute.show if you have questions, concerns, any or all of the above. And with that, Michael, how's it going? What do you got for us today? It's going well. Uh, we do have something a little special for people. So stay tuned over the next couple of minutes because I'm going to play you a, a audio. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Uh, but we're going to recap first what we talked about on Sunday on the podcast. A episode was published showing you about the info button on the Blind Shell Classic 2. So if you don't have a Blind Shell Classic 2, I explained to you where that button is, how to access it, and what you need to do in order to use it. And then on Thursday, we had a listener of Unmute come on and share his passion for music. And so that was pretty fun. JC came on. So if you're interested in hearing that, go listen to Thursday's episode, search for Unmute Presents in your favorite podcast platform. Um, and we uh, published a replay of our Tuesday call last week, but I did something a little different to the audio file. Uh, and, and I'll tell people it's not anything to do with the audio quality because I'm always messing with that and trying to improve that. But the audio file itself has some improvements that you might see in something like Overcast or Castro. And I'm curious what your thoughts were on that and if you observed it and honestly, if it worked and if it's something people are useful. Uh, if, if we don't hear from anyone, then I will probably share with people next week or on a Thursday episode what we uh, did. So I'm going to hit this magic button. My audio is going to get a little bit quieter. Thank you to Hotspot on Mac OS. And I'm going to jump over here to QuickTime and I'm going to play this 30 second ad. While I'm doing that, think about someone who you think this might be good for them to play on their podcast and or if you have any suggestions for uh, people who might get a use out of this quick audio to get the word out there about next Tuesday's special guest. While we're, while we're playing this, don't forget to raise your hand. Are you having issues reading your medications? Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, Unmute Presents hosts a weekly technology Q&A call, and we have a special event coming up for you. We're going to have Script Talk come and chat with us all about how 
you can have your medications read out loud. With a free app or device, April 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, visit amute.show for more information. Special. Sheila, in the meantime, do we have any uh, hands? Um, not yet. Okay. Well, Marty, why don't you tell us uh, how this conversation with Script Talk got started and why, why you thought they'd be a good company to come talk to Unmute? Well, it started out for my own use case, actually. Uh, the pharmacy that I use wasn't doing anything accessibility at all, and they were sending everything in all identical generic bottles. So I had to deal with a pharmacist on a couple of other things. And I asked, do you guys have any way that you can make this auditory or make this work better for someone who is visually impaired or blind? And then the pharmacy suggested, oh, yes, we do. Uh, I could put a request in and then someone will give you a call. So I ended up getting a call from someone from a company called Script Talk, and they sent me out a machine to try and they also gave me an app to try as well and showed me the ropes on how it works, what you do and all that good stuff. And it went pretty cool and the customer service was great. So I ended up asking, do you guys do any special events or do you guys go out and do any marketing promotion? And they uh, ended up hooking me up with the director of marketing. We had a couple of conversations and created an event for a week from today, next week. So you guys will hear all about all their technologies as well. So exciting. That'll be fun. Yeah, it definitely will. Sheila, what about now? All right, Herbie. So Nolan, you are up. Chris, you are on deck. So this is Nolan, by the way, and I am actually using the Club Deck application to get into the clubhouse. Uh, how is everyone doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So, um, how is how is Script Talk actually accessible for someone who's blind and visually impaired? And how would it do for me as a blind individual? So, once I made the request with my pharmacy, and you do got to check with your pharmacy. Most pharmacies do use Script Talk, but there are also okay. other technologies that are similar. So they don't all use script talk, but the technology is basically this. What they do is they start sending your medications with an NFC chip in the bottles. And then they give you a machine that you can put the bottle onto the machine and the machine then will read the NFC chip that's on the bottle and it will give you all the pertinent information. So it'll say your name, it'll say the medication, how what the dosage is and how much you should be taking and when you should be taking it. It'll give you any side effects, all of that stuff. So that's all you got to do is just ask your pharmacy. And then uh, once you get the equipment, you just take your bottle and you just put it on the little speaker talk device and it reads to you all your information. And there you go. Okay. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it. And, yeah, and no problem. Nolan, thank you so much for asking that question. Please come back next week so you can talk with uh, the team directly as well. So keep that in mind. Same time, same place. All right. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, Herbie, for having me up on stage, sir. Hey, what's going on, fellas? It's Chris. How are you? Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you. 
I actually just wanted to say more of like a comment, if that's okay. Is that is yeah? That go for here? it. Yeah, go for it. Um, this is regarding ChatGPT, real briefly. Um, I just wanted to say that the they do write Mac scripts, so I tested <laughs> this out, and I have a Mac script now that does a thirty-minute chime and a top-of-hour chime to tell me the time. It's really, really cool. Uh, I'm talking about the new. I think it's four point something or whatever. Yeah. Um, Chris, you can get Mac GPT and then that will sit up yes. in your menu bar up on the right side. That. What is this? And it, so basically, <laughs> it's called Mac GPT. The developer developers other similar technologies, but the way it works is you download it, install it, and it sits up in your top right bar on your Mac, you know, over by the clock and stuff like that. Right. And then it's just kind of it works the same way as like spotlight for example you just click on it and you type your parameters in and then it just brings right back all the information for you right there it's so you don't have more, to go anywhere it's even more magical than that marty uh even more i i am very passionate about this because so you can set it up so first of all let me let me take a step back and say it is not something that just any user can go set up. You do have to set up an API key. Um, there are some articles out there to walk you through that process. I'll give you the name of one in a moment that I recommend. Um, once you once you get that set up, um, I, I recommend adding a payment method. You can set a, a limit to say, hey, email me if I've spent more than a dollar or don't let me charge more if I hit $20. And for me, that's, that's the limit for me because if I would have chat GPT plus, I would spend $20 a month. So I said, don't let me spend more than $20 and uh, email me if I spend more than a dollar. And I have spent, and I've been using chat GPT quite regularly. I'll get to the, the Mac GPT thing here in a second, but I've been using it quite regularly and you'll see why in a moment. Uh, and I've used, spent 19 cents for the last week. So it's, it's worth exploring because the API is a lot cheaper than what it would be for chat GPT plus right now. I do not have access to GPT four only 3.5. Um, but that still is pretty powerful. Now, the reason I really like it is if I'm in email, for example, or if I'm in drafts, I have it set by default, it uses the plus sign, but I use slash. So I go into preferences and change it. So you type slash GPT space, and then your prompt to GPT. For example, write me a professional but casual email to Sheila thanking her for hosting the Unmute Presents community call on Tuesday, April 11th. Then hit shift enter and then take your hands off the keyboard because magically the results of that prompt will end up in the email body of your message. So you just go delete that top line. No more copying and pasting. No more jumping over to chat.openai. It's just slash GPT space prompt shift enter. Wow. I'm so, going to check out that chat, that Mac uh, GPT. So oh, in the article. Yeah. The article that yes. I was going to mention, um, Federico Vitici of what, what art, what publication is he, Matt? Um, App Stories. App Stories. Thank you. I was getting mixed up. So Federico App Vitici Stories. of App Stories published a GPT uh, iOS Siri shortcut and it's called SGPT. And, and usually, you know, Marty sends an article to me and like he probably does with me. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll look at it later. But I'm glad I actually <laughs> looked at the article he sent me and read the whole thing because this is pretty powerful and he gives you some, some good explanations for getting 
convenient working with um, your iPhone, right? Um, and what it does is it allows you to pass data through Siri shortcuts to GPT. For example, you can say something like, build me an Apple Music playlist of the top songs of 2001. That's cool. But you can also say, build me a playlist similar to Shinedown, but don't use Shinedown music and use music from 2008 through th through 2012. And it will build you that type of playlist in your Apple Music because it's tied into uh, Siri shortcuts. So look up the App Stories SGPT um, article, and that'll walk you through how to get your API key and get everything set up. And then look up uh, Mac GPT. Okay. Thank you, fellas. I really appreciate the info. I yep. love it. So yep. keep it Have going. Have a good one. Keep us posted. You too. Thanks. All right. Let's go to Zoom. Sharon. Hi, everyone. Hey, Sharon. Hello, How are you Ms. doing? Sheila. Hello. Um, what I, I wanted to mention that I'm a script talk user. I started with the machine, the physical machine, and now I use the app, um, which, by the way, is free. And you can either use a quick scan that just tells you the name of the medication or a full scan that gives you all the information. So I think it's very, very accessible. Um, the other comment I had before my question is that um, I heard yesterday that Mosin at Large, the podcast, is now uh, living blindfully. Yeah, um, we heard that too. Yes. Okay. And I don't know that it's going to be any different, really, but I just wanted to pass that on. Awesome. And, thank you. Yes. And my question is, and this is really kind of silly, but I keep uh, putting things on blocking emails you know, um, rogue emails that I get, you know, mm. from ads and stuff. Does it really do any good? <laughs> the it, Yeah, that's a yes and no answer. So here's the thing. Um, they're always going to find a way to get through. I'm not sure there's oh. totally a bulletproof way, but I'll give you a couple of suggestions that may combat it a little bit for you. So the first thing is, if you're going to make filters or block, you will want to do it from the actual server side. So what that means is you would want to log into whatever your uh, mail provider is onto their webmail and go into the settings and see what settings they have in there for you to block or create filters or any of that. That way, no matter what email device you're on, whether it's your phone, your computer or whatever, you'll have the same parameters. If you do it just on the app on your local computer, it's only going to work on that one email program on that one computer. It's not going to do it on your phone or any other places. So you want to do it online. Um, there's a couple of things you could get if you wanted to, like SaneBox, and that kind of is a server filter extra thing. It's a few bucks a month, but it's pretty good. And um, I don't know, Michael, you got any other suggestions? No, not that I can think of offhand uh, right now. The uh, Well, I, I guess I do. At the very top of your iPhone, when you get an email, there's an option that says unsubscribe from list. And what Apple's going to try to do when you're using that option is they're going to try to get you removed from that list. That doesn't guarantee it. Um, if you have the patience or the, the really need to... To get off those lists, I recommend doing that. Also, going down to the very bottom of any reputable email service or service that's emailing you should have an option to one-click unsubscribe or unsubscribe. And if you click that, then that is supposed to take you off of the list. I would say for the most part, it does, unless it's someone who really uh, is nefarious. But for the most part, it does work. 
One other suggestion I will say is depending on your email provider, sometimes they allow you to create aliases. So what that means is it's an email that you create that is a different email than your actual email, but it still goes to your actual email. And so you use you create that and then you use that for email, newsletters, or whatever. And if any time you decide you're sick of it all, you just delete that email and then they have no way to get a hold of you anymore because that email now doesn't exist. And so they have no way to email you. Interesting. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, no problem. And before we move on, I'm glad you brought that up, Marty. And I want to share a quick tip. Uh, as you know, we are we are very fond of giving you quick tips you can implement, implement now to use. If you are a Gmail-specific user, the way I have mine set up so I can quickly filter things out is if you add the plus sign and a single word after your email, and I'll give you an example. So if your email was michael.babcock09 at gmail.com, and that is my email that I literally never check. So if you send me an email, do not expect to reply to it. Um, but if I added plus eBay to it, so my email becomes michael.babcock09 plus eBay at gmail.com without doing any configuration on Gmail, just adding that plus and then a name in the form field. As long as the form field accepts it, you will then get the email. And then you can go back and set up your filter to say anything sent to star plus eBay at gmail.com, uh, send that email on to uh, the email, the eBay label, or, you know, uh, you can do that with, with your power bill or different services. And that's a quick way to easily filter out your email if you needed to. Sheila, who do we have next? Um, someone with an iPhone. There is no name. So if you have your hand raised, please tell us who you are. And presumably if you're on an iPhone, it would be strange if you were coming in on something else called iPhone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that's Hello. Me. <laughs> Sorry. What's your name? My name is Deborah Huggins. All right, welcome, Deborah. I'm not very good with uh, technology, so sorry about that. No problem. You're good. (laughs) So I like the idea with the um, with the prescription reading it and stuff. That's great. Uh Mm -hmm. But my I have another question. Okay. My question or another place other than the Convention for the Blind to get help. Learning how to use JAWS. So do you want me to take this one, Marty? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So there are a couple of other resources to to get help you learning JAWS. Um, I'm going to mention a few community call resources that come to mind. um, And then I'll also give you uh, one or two other uh, on-demand resources. I'm sorry, I can't hear you guys. Hold on just a second. Could you repeat that? No problem. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can okay, hear you. Okay, perfect. So what I was going to say is I'm going to give you a couple of different resources. On okay. Sunday, there's a access technology office hours call. Um, and the gentleman up there, he's in Alaska. He's working at the Alaska Center for the Blind. He does good at teaching JAWS and uh, Windows skills and getting started with that. So look out for your community call email on Friday evenings for more information or go back to the ACB community podcast feed to listen to uh, previous iterations of the tech call tech office hours call. Um, the other thing that I will suggest, and uh, it's really helpful for you is if you 
aren't doing it now, I recommend uh, looking up the Freedom Scientific Training Podcast uh, because there's a lot of free material that's posted into the Freedom Scientific Training Podcast and mm-hmm. on the Freedom Scientific Training YouTube channel, whichever one's easier for you to consume content on. They do some great demos on there. And then lastly, um, if you go to freedomscientific.com, there's a training tab. Uh, and I, I do a live call on Mondays. Um, and a lot of the tech tips that I get that I teach people how to do things on JAWS, for example, yesterday's call on yesterday's call, we taught people how to copy a file from Windows Explorer and attach it to an email quickly. Uh, that tip came from the training tab on Freedom Scientific's website under JAWS. So if you take a look in there, that could give you some free resources that are available. If you have any specific questions feel fr- about JAWS, feel free to reach out to feedback at unmute.show. We'll do our best to help you or point you in the direction to a resource that can give you additional assistance. I've never done any of the stuff that you're talking about, Uh, like getting on your, you know, yeah. Well, the office hours is just like this. It's a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. So if you can get in here, you can get in there. Yep. So look out for it on on Friday night's uh, email. You'll get an email from ACB community that says the weekend schedule and just scroll all the way down there and you'll find Sunday. And it's usually, I believe, at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And let's okay, not forget so- the Sparrow's own call on Thursday. Oh, yep. That, thank you for that, Herbie. I uh, forgot about that. That's right. So Vespero also hosts a call on Thursdays in ACB community at a similar time. So look at the schedule Wednesday evening for the Vespero call that, again, is in Zoom. So you can go and ask your questions there as well. Okay. So I don't have the ACBC uh, thing. I don't ah, have, I don't so do that. So you're coming from the whole foundation. Is that correct? Yes. That's where I recognize your name from. Yep. So here's what I recommend. If you uh, go to acb.community, you can sign up for the mailing list. If uh, sending an email is easier, just send an email to community at acb.org and tell them you want to get the ACB community call list um, emails. And then you can start participating in those calls to get more comfortable with JAWS. That would be why you haven't heard about it, because these are ACB community calls exclusively and not just whole foundation. Okay. All right. all right. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. No problem. You guys are great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. All right. Beth. Thanks for your time, guys. Yep. No problem. Hey, Beth. How you doing? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm here. Um, I, yeah, I have a question. Um, yeah. About media player on my computer. Like I um, put stuff like I'm trying to get out of my, um system access they have a media library and it doesn't work well i'm trying to get everything out of that to my um media player but like i can't i have to move to different folders i can't like like it doesn't say move to desktop or anything like that and then i can move it to my music you know you know sometimes when it gets in media library it gets it's on my desktop and sometimes there are songs that are in media library, but I have to move to the um, other folders that, you know, I can access without having the system access running. It's just the Saro. So how would I, because, because mine, you don't have to make a playlist. Cause I tried that and we'll just play the songs. Um, I don't remember how I did it, but. 
So you're trying to get music from uh, System Access Zero to your music library in Windows Media Player. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So first of all, I don't use Zero, so I am not the right person. Uh, have you tried to reach out to Zero support and ask them if they can give you directions on this? Um, I haven't with that, but I do know sometimes I don't answer my questions. You, you know, I could try it. Yeah. I could, you know, I don't want to say because I'm maybe thinking about going to JAWS, but, you know, maybe I could just say like, the media library is not working for me and I wanted or, or just tell them what you're trying to do. You don't have to give them an excuse for what you're trying to do. If it's doable, then uh, they'll, they'll give you, they should be able to give you directions on what you need to do to get your media where it's best for you to consume it. Right. Okay. So, uh, give that a try and let us know if you have any other questions, Beth. Okay. Okay. Thanks. No problem. Who's next, Sheila? Veteran doc. Hey veteran. How you doing? Doc, you can unmute. Hi, Doc. Okay, doing well. Doing well. Hope you are too. Thank uh, you. Just a couple of comments before a question. I've been using Script Talk for several years with the Veterans Administration, and I highly recommend it. It uh, really tells you everything you want to know, plus more about your medication. Um, the app I haven't used, I'm interested in that. And I think I heard that it was free, so I'm going to download that. Um, uh, one other thing, uh, just a quick mention, uh, if you'd like to get the ACB list, they ask that you put your name and email address in the body of the email. That makes it easier for them. Now, a question. I've been having a terrible time deleting folders from my archive list and you gave me a way to do it and it deleted it but lo and behold it keeps coming back i don't know what to do i've i've tried two or three ways to delete the folder and it deletes but it comes back and i'm and i'm using you know windows and office 19 and outlook and all this Sort of thing, Michael. So you're using yeah. your your archive box in Outlook keeps coming back. Is that correct? Yeah, I delete a folder in the archive list on the left side. I think mm -hmm. that's where it is, and mm -hmm. it comes back. Are you using Gmail by chance? No, no, you're using a different email provider. Yeah, SBC Global. Huh. So I don't have an answer for you there, Doc. I, I'm going to have to uh, defer this to someone else who may have an idea because that is a strange one. Uh, the, I go ahead, Marty. The only thing I was going to suggest is if you have a webmail service, maybe logging in and doing it there. It's a similar issue where you try to do it locally, but it only works locally. So you may be able to delete it, but then on the server side, it keeps coming back because you're, because on the server side, it's supposed to mirror what's in your email app outlook in your case on your uh -huh. computer. So I wonder if you were able to get into your webmail and delete it from there, then it would stop coming back. Because otherwise, uh, you're not really deleting it. You're just kind of deleting a folder in your outlook, but uh, you're not actually deleting the folder. See. You see what I'm saying? Because the server side sure. is going to go, oh, you don't have this in your outlook. We need to put it back there, you know? Oh. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Take care. Stay well. Yep. You too. Bye now. Chanel. Hello, Chanel. Hello. Um, So I just wanted to say, I don't know if this person is still in Clubhouse, but another way that you can get your Mac to um, announce the time, and it's probably not as fun as a chime, but is the... um, you go into a uh, control center set in system settings. So, um, and then there's a section or a heading called menu bar only and clock options are there. And so you can specify how the clock is displayed, whether it's 24 hour, whether it's digital analog, and then there is an area oh. you can choose to announce the time. And that that's is clever. Yeah. So that's a Mac feature that's been around for a while. It's although in every it seems like it's moved slightly in every different <laughs> OS. Um, that's like the grocery store, you know, they got to move yeah. it all around when you finally figure out where everything is. They do. So, and then I guess I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. You know, I get well. Okay, what would be really neat is if you did a show all about how you use Chat GPT or the GPT thing, because. I people are finding it so useful and you're talking about writing scripts or writing emails or doing things with it. And it would just be so cool to kind of have, have a show where you talk about how you do all that stuff. There, I think we didn't, we may have done one. If we didn't, we can do one oh. more in depth on Thursday. It would have been published on the Thursday episode. Oh, I but, need to take um, a look at those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause it might've been on more, IA cast though, not on mute. Yeah, yeah, it might have been. But check on mute. If there's not, then we'll definitely post something. Uh, Demasi and I will be talking about ChatGPT and some automation tools, including Whisper, which uh, will let you get a free transcript of uh, audio on the Mac. And it is amazing. And then when you use Whisper and uh, Mac GPT together, you can make some awesome things happen. But here's something that I'll give you. And and thank you for that feedback, Chanel. That's a great idea. And we will definitely start focusing a little bit more on that, uh, mainly on the Thursday shows, because for those who don't okay. know, Thursdays, we publish uh, more in depth about one topic. Um, so those are about 15 to 30 minute long episodes where we just talk more about a specific topic so take a look at that but um chat gpt for those who are like i think i keep hearing this i don't i don't understand it what's all the cool things about it okay think of autocorrect on your phone and and this is why this is kind of scary but kind of awesome chat gpt is visualize an autocorrect system on steroids you start to tell it what you want to happen and then you hit enter And that's equivalent of you starting to type a sentence and then just tapping that middle autocorrect at the top of your phone until it posts uh, a lot or the entire sentence. The biggest difference is ChatGPT uses AI to not just pull random words that you might automatically use but to make and form sentences that are constructed based around the original prompt that you give chat GPT or the original text that you enter. And when someone explained it to me that way, it it really helped make, make sense because that's why chat GPT can come and give you a response and be very confident about that response, but be completely wrong because all chat GPT is doing is autocorrecting to something that forms a, 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 coherent sentence that's in the English language right now. And you probably need to be pretty precise with your prompts. Some of us, like me, take forever to figure out exactly what we're saying, let alone, you know, how to say it. So I suppose you... 
Yeah, the more the more direct you are with it, then then the different results you'll get. But having the ability to not be as direct sometimes and just give it some randoming thoughts, because that's what I do. I give it a lot of my, you know, I might have five thoughts and I tell make an email, here are the things I need to cover with this person. And then it forms all those thoughts into a coherent email that I'll feel confident with changing and sending out to someone. Cool. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Chanel. Thanks, Chanel. All right, Roberta. Hey, Roberta. Hi there. How are um, you? Good, thank you. You guys sound well. I thank you, thank am you. recently when I've not been in Spotify in a while. Um, I went in and it in registering or setting up an account, I got to a point where it wanted me to provide information that would be publicly posted for my followers. And I said, no, thank you. So I am looking for a music playing app that has a free component that does not require um, me to provide publicly posted information. I just want something to play music. For yourself? Like you want to listen to your own music? Like playlists or whatever? Yeah, I just want to like, Play me a ACDC song or play me some John Denver music or play me, you, you know, play me. Have you tried Apple Southern music at all? I have not. Uh, do you have an iPhone or an iDevice at all? I do. I'm calling uh, you on one. I would try looking at Apple music. It's kind of the competitor to Spotify, except that it's built into Apple's ecosystem. So you can do all of the same things, listen to a whole album, make a playlist, listen to songs, do whatever. And I think the price is the same for an individual. I think it's 10 bucks a month or 1099 or something like that. So Apple Music doesn't offer a free tier, which I think you're you're specifically looking for. Yeah, that's specifically... Um, Apple to Apple Music for listeners who are curious does offer a lower cost four dollar and ninety nine cent tier, which allows you to just control it with Siri, um, and you can uh, just do that. But that also is not free. Now Spotify is telling you that you need to share your your public information. There should be ways to limit what information is shared if you want to use that platform. Otherwise, Amazon Music, uh, I believe they offer a free ad supported tier that you can use on your phone, and you can also use it with your Lady A as well. And if you have Prime, you do get like a watered down version, but better than the free version. Okay. Do you have uh, Prime or no? Do you not use? No, Prime? no, no. I, oh. I am. I don't use Amazon. I. I There's all. Uh, well, I was going to suggest Pandora, but I, you I have, can't pick with Pandora. You just yep. give it parameters, and it kind of picks for you. So I have uh, the last suggestion that sh- hopefully it will solve your problem. You will have again ad supported, but remember. YouTube is a great resource to get music from. Oh. Because you can go into YouTube and just type into the song that you want, and then you're just using your YouTube account. YouTube also offers YouTube music, um, which I have no personal experience with. What I typically do when I want to listen to music is I'll just go to YouTube, type in an artist or a song, and then because YouTube wants to keep you in their system, they're going to autoplay. And because they're smart and they know you are listening to music, they're going to play autoplay. They're going to autoplay similar music music to what you initially started with. So that could be a free solution. Now you cannot lock your phone on the free YouTube. So if you're listening on your phone, you need to put your phone somewhere uh, and just leave it on. Um, and you also will get those ads, but 
that could be a solution for you in the interim. Okay. I'll give it a try. Thank you. No problem. All right. Good luck. You guys are great. Thanks. Greg. (laughs) Hey, Greg. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, I'm just, I'm so good. I, I, um, you know, I saw a little flyer uh, today. It said you got to upgrade to 16.4.1, I think, the new iOS version. And I did that. And I had uh, 128 you know, gigabytes free on the phone. It was had about 67 gigabytes before I updated. Then it shot down to 30. And I'm like, where did the rest of it go? You know, I still got plenty of room on it. But still, I'm looking for that missing space. I didn't know, does it give it back after a few days? Or does it? is that something with the, uh, the update or something? I just thought I'd ask. All the updates are different sizes in terms of, you know, the download for them. Uh, what I would say, are you on an iPhone? Is that what you're yes, doing? Uh-huh. I would just, I would go into settings, general storage, and uh-huh. then it will show how big your hard drive is, how much you've used and how much you have left. And uh-huh. then you can keep scrolling down. It'll show you all the different things that are taking up hard drive space on your device. And if Uh you're not using them, you can delete those things and open up some hard drive space. Like for example, you know, iMovie and GarageBand come on almost every Apple device and they're massive. Uh So just by deleting those, that frees up a little bit of space for you if you're not using them. And if you need to re-get them at another time, you can always go and re-download them for free. But I would do that. Go to settings, General storage, and then look there and see what's happening there. Because because uh, I had before I did it, I had sixty gigs free, and then it went down to thirty after the update. So I didn't know if they took a lot, you know, to, to unpack well, the update and everything, give it back or what. I didn't know. You, so. you could uh, restart your device. You can uh-huh. uh, either go into settings and do that, or you can just invoke Siri and say restart this device, and uh-huh. you can do that. And the other thing you can do is check. Do you have stuff stored in your like iCloud account? Uh, yes, there is some things on the iCloud. Yeah, so I would look there and see if that storage is filled up or getting close to being filled up, and maybe that's uh-huh. why you're getting those errors. But those are all things to check and see all the, the places that you would have space. Okay, I didn't know if it would give it back after the you know. I know I had to unpack the you know the the update has to be unpacked to be installed probably. So yeah, it could be it just temporary stuff. storage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I was just checking to see. Maybe it'll come back. All right. Yeah, watch. Uh, I restart your phone. That'd be the first thing I do, and then go to the settings and and look there as well. Which, but restart you your power, phone first, though. Just power it down, or just tell Siri to restart it. Just tell Siri to restart it. That'll be good enough. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. No problem. Good luck. All right, Jewel. Hey, Jewel. Hi. So I had a comment and then a question. The comment is for the last person, the gentleman. Um. If you go into general iPhone storage, you can actually see which apps are using up the most storage also and how much storage you have and all that. Um, So like, you know, for me, YouTube and uh, Overcast are probably using up the most and then like voice stream meter and Bard. (laughs) So you might take a look and it'll put it in the order of the most used to the least used for storage. And then you can actually... um, unload apps that will still be available in your library but you'll have to reload them into your phone it just um takes them takes the storage off your phone and then you can easily tap it on there and it'll re-download it for you uh, makes it a little easier to remember what you have um, versus deleting it and going back if you actually use that app so um, that was the thought on storage. Um, and the question I have is I'm looking for 
a cross-platform calendar app for school. I'm going back to school in the fall. Yay, finally getting my application processed. Um, and I'm wondering if there's any cross-platform calendars that are accessible specifically for like um, classes, for syllabus um, that like will remind you of tasks and stuff. Um, I have one on my phone um, that I really like called um, P Schedule Planner, Pocket Schedule Planner, which I love, but it is not cross-platform. I'd like it on my laptop since my laptop is specifically for school. Would setting up a school project in something like Todoist work for you? Because that'll give you cross-platform, works on the iPhone and uses natural language input and does work on Windows too. Would it allow me to put the full syllabus in for each class? Um, you yeah, you can. So if you have class, the syllabus maybe. as a a Word or PDF file, you can attach it, or you can add, copy and paste to the description of a task, mm -hmm. or you can add it as a comment. So there's a couple okay, of so different ways to add that information. That's Microsoft to do. No, to doist. T o d o i s t. Oh. Okay, I don't know that one. Okay, yep. I'll send uh, if you send us do. an email, I can send you a link to it. Uh, okay. I could Julie, probably find it. Email. Yeah, just Google it though. To do list, okay. IST. It's like to, to do, do list without the okay. L. And that is a cross platform. Yep, it's cross platform, okay. and there are some keystrokes. So do some investigation into the keystrokes that are available. Mm -hmm. It's what I awesome. use. Uh, I I do use the Reminders app. So if you were mm -hmm. on uh, Mac and iOS, you could use something like Reminders and mm -hmm. attach it. But if you're going between Windows and iOS, I think Todoist would be more reliable than using okay. the iCloud Control Panel on Windows to sync your reminders. Awesome! Thank you. I'll take a look at that. No problem. Hope it helps. All right, Sirku. Hi, Sirku. Hi, guys. Um, and first apologies because my English is not my native language, but I hope I can explain what happens. I might have asked this. I, I have asked this question uh, many people, including uh, my operator, Apple support, <laughs> and, and Apple users. I have an iPhone, <clears throat> and I'm using an. I'm using mail app there for my email. And I'm so frustrated <laughs> because I delete messages and I they seem like they are deleted. And when I open my uh, email again, there they are. They don't go away. On the same device or on a, like on a different device? No, on, a, on the same device. They, they I can... Because the I I get my mail on uh, on Thunderbird too on on my computer, and they're deleting it. It's successful, but the messages stay on my mail. Not all. It seems like random messages keep like staying there and popping back. And so, and I have I have reinstalled mail like t twice, and it works for a while. And then that bugs comes back again, and and when I called Apple support. They were like, "What? We couldn't figure out what's happening because they connected." Who is uh, your email provider? At it's a what? It, it's a Finnish uh, email provider. I think I like uh, the operator is uh, is Elisa, uh, and 
Because one thing I'm thinking, one thing I'm thinking is uh, there's two technologies for email. One is called Pop, which only stays on one device and it doesn't update Mm -hmm. anywhere else. So, for example, if you're using Thunderbird on a computer Mm -hmm. and you delete a bunch of emails and move a bunch of emails, Mm -hmm. reply to some emails, right? It's Mm -hmm. only going to show those things on that one email uh, uh, on that computer. So only in Thunderbird, only on that computer. When you go to another device, it's not going to reflect everything that you've done on Thunderbird because if if it's set up as pop, that means... No, no. No, no. I I I get both uh, like on the... I I think they are on IMAP, what we call. So I can get both the, the emails on both devices. Okay. Oh my. So, so one last question that I have, Circu, and I don't have a direct answer for you. I'm I'm not smarter than the wise collective of Apple support. <laughs> I would like to think I am, but I will admit that. Uh, but I am curious. Does it delete out of Thunderbird the messages that come back on your phone, and do those show up in Thunderbird when they show back up on your phone? No, they are deleted from Thunderbird. They are so, when I so delete they only them, show they, up on your phone then. Yeah, when they yeah, really show up. that's it. Yeah, that's what happens huh. on my phone, and that's what makes it kind of weird because they, they yeah. Um, I mean, it really does sound like a pop this slash is Chanel IMAP with issue. an idea. Go Chanel. Go ahead, Chanel. Yeah, I'm sorry to, but I just didn't want her. So somebody in our iBug group had this problem a couple months ago, and it turned out what happened is his rotor was set to speak confirmation. And so every time he deleted something, you know, the rotor would actually uh, bring up and and I don't know how they figured that out, but somebody did. And so I don't know when your rotor like does it, and I forget what happens when speak confirmation is on, but I just went to voiceover, you go to voiceover and then you go to um, verbosity and it's kind of way at the end and it's um, speak confirmation, I think. So rotor action, speak confirmation. So that might be it. So, um, you know, like it's giving you maybe something to confirm that you want to delete or it's, it's, no, it does. It doesn't. Okay, I don't have that. No. Uh, okay. It doesn't give me a no, uh, because I've turned it off. So, yeah. Interesting. It is interesting, and I re- uh, I have my mail like reinstalled, and it worked for a while. And somebody just said it's a it's on some phones it's a bug, but I don't know. <laughs> That's why I wanted to know if you have any experience with that no. sort. So. so- this is Herbie. I did have a thought. You could check, uh, you know, I wonder some like by default, sometimes the deleted mailbox may not be the true deleted mailbox that may be set to archive or whatever. And I know it's not Gmail, no. so I don't, and I don't know your provider, but um, in the advanced mail settings where you see like the different mailboxes, it would be interesting to know where it says the deleted mailbox is going to. Um, but otherwise, there could be a number of things like, you know, there could be something wrong with the server configuration. Make sure you follow their step-by-step instructions. Because um, the, 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 my provider, they, they checked it, like everything. So it, yeah. it okay. been fine. So, yeah, that, that should be like, but I don't know. I just wondered if you have that. If if you send us an email, Circu, and if anything occurs to me that to check, then I'll reply and send you any details. Uh, Thank you. 
Yeah, I no problem. Be, Thanks for your I question. I would appreciate it because it's really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could imagine so. But not, not all the messages come back and it's kind of random. Oh, no. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would mess with my head for sure. Sheila, who do we have next? Thank you. Thank you, Thank guys. Hey, guys, Thank you. you're down to almost 10 minutes and you've got okay. seven hands. So let's right. see how quick we can do it. 951 right. ending in 342. Please tell us who you are. And if I could just remind you, Michael, real quick, we do have a call being streamed at the top of the yep. hour. So. All right. 951, ending 342. Hi. Hi there, Michael and everyone. This is Nancy Younger. Hi. Um, I have, it's kind of an, a noisy environment. That's why I haven't been on the call. I'll try to, anyway, um, I, I, um, I'm flying out at the end of the month, and I can't remember how to use airplane mode on the Blind Shell Classic 2, but I also want to know, is it just as effective to turn the phone, to shut the phone down like I would, you know, thank you. Yep, I'll answer that real quick for you, Nancy. Appreciate it. Press and hold, hold the pound or hash key when you are at the home screen with the time, and that will get you to the place where you can choose profile. And then in under sound profile, choose airplane mode, and that will disable all the cellular signals. So that way you can still listen to music or media downloaded to the blind shell, uh, and it is just effective as turning it off. So thanks for your question. Again, press and hold pound. Well, thank you very much, Michael. I'm sorry I had to ask you that again. No, My apologies. No thank you. problem, Nancy. Appreciate it. Who thank is you. next, Sheila? Jeff. Yes, good afternoon, everyone. Um, so switching from Windows 10 to Windows 11 and Windows 10 to get to volume, all I had to do was press my Windows key, type in volume, bam, I was immediately there. On Windows 11, I've got it. The closest thing I can find is type, you know, Windows key sound settings, and then tab six or seven times to get to the volume. Any chance you know a faster way to get to volume on Windows 11? The fastest way that I get to volume, and this might sound archaic, but I do Windows R, type in mmsys.cpl and hit enter. And that takes me to the Windows uh, system, multimedia system control panel. Uh, there's another way to get there by doing Windows B like Bravo to get to anywhere from the operating system into your tap system tray. And then you can right arrow to the volume and do applications or shift F10 on that. Um, you. Actually, you might be able to just press enter on that and that might take you to where you're trying to get to. All right. I'll give it a shot. Thanks. No problem. All right, uh, Erica 970 ending in 874. I think this is Catherine. I believe she left and came back. Hi, Michael. Yeah. Hi, Marty. Um, hello, hello. This is Catherine Johnson. Hi. I wanted to know if, Michael, you could resend the steps for being able to um, access Zoom on the blind shell from uh, a link. There's a long version and a short version. Can you resend that to me, please? Yes, I will get that resent over to you, Catherine. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Pam Coffee. Hey, Pam. Okay. Out by sheer coincidence, also a Zoom question. I have always, up to now, accessed Zoom on my iPhone. I'm about to be in a situation where I will need to record a Zoom meeting. And the suggestion was made that I do it from my Mac. Well, so far, I have not done Zoom on the Mac. I have it set up, you know, where I should be able to. Uh, have you so far done a podcast on using Zoom 
own uh, Mac and doing things like recording meetings. If you have not, I will send you an email and ask some specific questions. Yeah, um, that and if you're a Bits member, I know Herbie did some, I think it was under Bits, did some Zoom from the Mac training as well. We have not recorded any any specific okay. podcast. That was a regular okay. ACB call, actually. But oh, okay. Well, thank you, Herbie. But yeah, send us some questions, Pam, and we will I be will. glad to answer them. Thank you so much. No problem. Okay. Thank you. Can I just mention something real quick, though, in regards to recording? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, and this will be real brief. Uh, you're going to need a third party. I mean, well, there are ways to record internally with Zoom, actually. Never mind. I take that back. Excuse me? Just send an email to us, Pam. I'll send an email. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Yep. No problem. All right. Your last hands. A few people lowered them. Beth, go ahead. Okay. Um, My question is, um, like, Spotify, can I use that without uh, Wi-Fi? Only if you pay for it. Well, yeah, I, I I get the free um because I I couldn't afford it. I think that's where you get all the ads because right. If you also, do the free version, it's got ads on there, and you don't get extra features like being able to download your music. So if you pay for it, then it adds features like downloading your music to your device. So if you're flying, for example, you can download your playlist or some albums or whatever you want. And when you go into airplane mode, you'll be able to still use your Spotify as long as you downloaded the music. But that's only in the paid version. So so then I don't need um Wi-Fi. Yeah, I don't know how much the paid paid version. I don't want to say I think to it's the lady. I think it's uh ten ninety-nine a month for individual license. Okay. To the one who talked about um her music, YouTube music, um, I, I also get free, I get the ads, but but yeah, if she doesn't want to pay for her music, she'll have to deal with the ads but it does say you can skip the ads another suggestion if you want you can look at either apple music or spotify and they do have uh family plans and then you could share the cost with another person but you'd each have your own account so that might make it a little less expensive for you right okay okay thank you all right no problem all right that was your last hand and you got five minutes All right. And there is another call right after this. So we're going to say thank you very much, everyone, for coming. We appreciate it. Stay tuned next week for the Script Talk event right here. Same time, same place. Thanks, Herbie and Sheila, for helping us out. As always, you guys are awesome. If you guys have any questions or feedback, anything like that, you can email us at feedback at unmute.show. And Michael, in closing, you'd like to say anything? Yeah, so you mentioned it already, and I appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, Stay tuned if you are listening on ACB Media 5. It's going to go to music for a couple of moments, and then you can tune in to Games to Play with Lady A with Lucy. So thank you, everyone, for making it possible. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week on Unmute Presents. (laughs) 